Of course, I'll be the last one there. Proverbs chapter 1, starting in verse number 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtility to the simple, to, young, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase, learning and understand, learning and a man of understanding shall attain unto a wise counsel to understand a proverb and the interpretation of the words of the wise and their dark sayings. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that um, as we begin, Lord willing, if you so allow it, a journey in the book of Proverbs, Lord, I pray that you will enlighten our eyes and hearts to these wise sayings, to these Proverbs that speak volumes and sentences. Lord, I pray that you'll be with those who are ministering next door. Lord, be with me and prepare me and help me and guide me as I begin to preach this evening, Lord. But if there's anyone lost in the building, Lord, and even the building next door, Lord, we pray that you'll do this moment in this moment in this time of work that only you can do, Lord, and save them. Lord, we know the troubles of many, even the troubles of our own lives, Lord, and we know where peace rests, and that's in you. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so, with the Lord being our help, it's my desire that on Wednesday nights we start a journey through the book of Proverbs. I guess the first thing you have to ask yourself as you look in the book of Proverbs is, what is a proverb? A proverb is a, is a parable or it is a statement, but it is a parable or a statement that is packed with rich truth. In our society today, we live in a society that still speaks and still uh, puts forth parables even in our life today. We say, a fool and his money is soon parted, right? Or we say, uh, no pain, no gain. A stitch in time saves nine. Early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. A penny earned it is a penny saved, or look before you leap. These are what is often referred to even today as proverbs. These proverbs are designed to bring earthly wisdom. They're designed to enlighten a person and cause them to change their ways. I mean, if we just think about even the simple proverbs in which we put forth today. Am I on, brother? Okay, here. Still clawing. So these proverbs that are put forth here is they're designed to enlighten a person and to change their ways. They're statements that uh, spur movement inside of us. I mean, how much time could be given to us to show examples of a fool in his money is soon parted? I mean, how many times when we watch TV or when we see it on the social media or the news or whatever you're reading today, how many times have we seen it reoccur that athletes 
at the end of their career who've made millions and hundreds of millions of dollars, and at the end of their career, they're filing bankruptcy, broke. Why? They lived foolish while they had their money. Or even more, how many times have you seen people who have hit the lottery, and after they hit the lottery and won hundreds of millions of dollars, within a few years you find out that those hundreds of millions of dollars didn't solve the real problem that they had, which was a spending problem, and before long you read about in the news more people who are financially broke. Why? Because the fool in his money is soon parted. Time and time again when we read about people who even who receive large inheritances. It's the same thing. The inheritance is soon squandered. Or, you know, the statement and we say the parable, no pain, no gain. Well, this past week I was at my brother-in-law's graduation. He graduated from Good Samaritan Hospital in the nursing program. One of the things that the uh, educational director kept saying in front of the entire building is, you don't know the amount of hours and the excruciating troubles that these people went through to get their time. He just kept emphasizing the great struggle and time and stuff study that it took to become a nurse. It, it was painful, but there was a gain in the end. Even more when we think about just something as simple as, uh, uh, lastly, a stitch in time saves nine. How many times have you seen a seam in your pants begin to rip, and you say, well, I'll get to it, I'll give that to my wife, and before long, rip, there goes the whole seam. A stitch in time saves nine. These are parables, but they have a huge meaning, and they're applicable to our lives. That is what a proverb is to say in our day. Proverbs are designed to give us earthly wisdom. But when we read our text here, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, these statements that we are about to read are Proverbs, but they are Proverbs to man and for man, but they are not wound up in the philosophy of man. These proverbs that Solomon presents to us in these next chapters are saturated with the philosophy of heaven for men to apply to their lives while living on earth. These statements are packed with truth, but uh, they're, a different type of, they're a different type of truth, so to say, than an earthly proverb. Let me give you an example here. It's why I say that the Proverbs that we read about here in Solomon are different than earthly Proverbs. We've probably heard that old proverb that says, an apple a day will keep the doctor away. Well, you probably have met pretty people who say, you know, this is a true proverb that if you eat an apple a day, that's often healthy for you. But there's people who eat healthy who end up at the doctor's. You see, earthly proverbs, they give you a good principle, but they are not absolute truth. There's variables. What Solomon has presented to us here in the book of Proverbs are proverbs of absolute truth. These are statements that have no variableness to it. If it was to say an apple a day keeps the doctor away, then that's exactly what it means. It's an absolute truth. It, it is the truth. It, these are words from the mind and the heart of God. So when it comes to the book of Proverbs, we should be aware as we begin to work through these chapters that we're not going to cover a whole chapter at one time. Because these are simple statements that have 
a wheel a wheelbarrow full of meaning. These are simple statements that have a broad impact in our lives. For instance, if you was to skip ahead to Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. If we was just to focus on that one proverb alone tonight, how many areas in our lives or in the world could we not say that this one simple proverb applies? That fools despise wisdom and instruction and that the fear of the Lord is begin the beginning of knowledge. Time couldn't be given to fully expound upon this simple verse. In chapter 2, Solomon begins to set out to say to the readers, those who hear these Proverbs, that if you will apply these verses to your heart, that if you will lift up the voice of unto the Lord for understanding, then you will understand the fear of the Lord, and then you will find knowledge. But first, in order to grasp a hold of this wisdom, and first, in order to find and get knowledge from God, we must first incline our hearts and ears unto the Lord. So he says here in verse 1, The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel. We're first faced with the understanding of the writer, Solomon, now, we understand that Solomon is speaking, but we understand the inspiration of Scripture according to what Timothy explains to us, and that we understand that when Scripture speaks, God is speaking. But understand that when Solomon put forth here these Proverbs, when he put the pen to the pad, this was not the beginning of Proverbs. Proverbs was a popular thing, even in the time of Solomon. Matter of fact, many ancient writers, uh, one of the most popular civilizations known for preserving Proverbs is the civilization of the Egyptian people. They preserved um, Proverbs and they wrote them down, and the purpose of writing them down was so that they could pass them on to their children because the Egyptians proclaimed that you must preserve Proverbs to pass on to your children because no one is born wise. This is a truth that Solomon would also understand, that no one is born wise, but Solomon will go on to explain in the book of Proverbs that no one is born wise, but no one can become wise unless it is from above. He'll go on to say here in verse number two, he tells us, to know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding. Now, really, in these first few verses, wisdom is broke up for us. What exactly is, is wisdom? In verse number two, you could say that Solomon points that wisdom is instruction and understanding. In verse number three, Solomon will point out that wisdom is the knowledge to understand that which is good in that which is evil. In verse 4, he'll say that wisdom is discernment. In verse number 5, and 6, really, wisdom is attaining guidance. But first, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. First, look at the statement, to know wisdom. To know wisdom is to have mastery 
of the subject of knowledge. Wisdom is to be able to apply knowledge to a situation that happens in our life and be able to really overcome any problem in life. This is wisdom. This is knowledge and how we can work through life. Now, we know that Solomon will go on to say in chapter 2 and verse 6, For the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Now, it is the Lord that gives us wisdom. So he says, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. You know, in truth, our problem oftentimes as believers speaking here, now, you'll go on to see in Proverbs that Solomon is not just speaking to believers. He's speaking to unbelievers also. But our time, our problems oftentimes as believers isn't that we don't know what is right. The problem is oftentimes that we don't do what's right. And so to say, and for instance, is that oftentimes as we live our Christian lives, we have the wisdom when we say hurtful words to each other, we have the wisdom to know that it's hurtful before we say it. Yet yeah, it seems we say it anyways. We have the wisdom to know our mistakes that we make with our children when we lash out on them, and yet in our own anger, we do it anyways, or so on and so forth with grudges that we hold, or whatever, we lose the day because we're sidetracked. The point is this, is that for the child of God, we often know what is wise when we're, what we're supposed to do, and we know it's unwise when we find ourselves involved with something. But here he says, this is written to give you wisdom and also instruction. See, this is not only for us to know what's right, but it's also to follow up to give us instruction about how for us to do what is right. It's about receiving the words of understanding. Look at the structure that is given in here. So he says, this book is to know wisdom and instruction. Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge to get through a situation. But here he says, you need to understand this book is not just about getting wisdom, but it's about receiving instruction. There is wisdom in receiving instruction. Now, the word musar there is the Hebrew word for the word instruction. But instruction, oftentimes when we instruct someone, we think about the, the, the thought process of guiding someone or, or leading someone down a path in order to do something. But here in this word, in the Hebrew word, it, it, it's more than just guiding someone, but it also presents the idea of discipline or chastening or correction. What Solomon is saying is that this book will not only provide you with the right path, but it will provide you with the right attitude when you receive discipline or instruction from the word of God. There is a proper attitude in which you should have. I know this is hard for us at times. You've probably never been this way, but when I was a kid, I can't tell you how many times that my mom would discipline me and send me to my room. And when I would get to my room, I'd be all by myself running my mouth about her in my bedroom. And she would hear me and bring me back out and whip me again. Why? 
because I wasn't receiving the instruction that she was giving me that we don't behave this way properly. You see, in order to receive instruction properly, it takes you to humble yourself. It's hard to get over ourselves when somebody comes to us and says, I took some from Daniel before services and when we was going back and forth and he was like, yeah, but it could be this way. I said, whoa, I didn't think about it like that. We, we can find ourselves being humbled with God's word. But when we don't apply God's word to as the value system, when, when our outlook, when our perspective is the value system, then our pride can get out of control. Our viewpoints can get out of control. So he says here, to know wisdom and instruction to perceive the words of understanding. To perceive the words of understanding. Now, as you go on to understand here in verses 4, 5, and 6, I'll kind of just jump ahead to, to tell you this. Solomon is after a, a several groups of people. In verse number 4, he says, this is for the simple person. And verse number four, he says, this is for the young person. Verse number five, he says, it's for the wise person. In verse number seven, it's for the foolish person. Now, each of these people will be presented with a direct response to Scripture. As a matter of fact, to be honest, for all of us, as we move forward in the book of Proverbs, we will fall into one of these categories. We will either... Hear the Proverbs that are put before us, these heavenly philosophies that impact our earthly living, and we will either apply them, we will either foolishly disregard them, or we will, in a simple manner, take this instruction and say, wow, I didn't even recognize this. Lord, help me to follow after this. But this is in whom he's speaking to. But even more, these, these Proverbs are written for our benefit. In verse number three, he said it is to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice and judgment and equity. To receive means to acquire something that's worth having. Solomon is saying the things that you are going to learn in these Proverbs to receive the instruction that I'm going to put before you to receive this information that you're about to get is to receive information that's actually worth having in your life. That which you receive you should want is the instruction in wisdom. But he goes on here to say that it's not just instruction in wisdom, but it's instruction in justice, in judgment, and equity. You could say justice, righteousness, and integrity. Even more, he says, wisdom from above. We need to understand this. When you apply wisdom from above, it applies to your ethical behavior. It has ethics. When you apply this wisdom from above, notice also, he says, this wisdom that you're getting in your life, he said, to receive the instruction of wisdom. Then he gives us these three things, justice and judgment and equity. Notice what he says here, and he does not say here. He does not say in order for you to be wise, you should know how to build this. 
He doesn't say in order for you to be counted as wise, you should know how to lead these people. He doesn't even say in order for you to be counted as wise, you should be able to develop this. What he gives to us here in verse number three is to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. What that could be summarized then is that in order to have wisdom, you need to have a clear understanding of the knowledge of good and evil. You need to understand exactly what is right and what is wrong. First, he says there, what does he say? You need to have wisdom and instruction of wisdom about what? Justice. We need to understand what is justice in the eyes of a righteous God. Even more, you need to understand about judgment, the righteous execution of a case, and equity. It's about being upright. It's about your uprightness. It's about how you live. It's about, it's about integrity inside of yourself. That's what the word in the Hebrew means. The only place we can learn this kind of wisdom, the only place we can learn to always behave justly, the only place we can learn to behave uprightly, the only place we can learn about personal integrity is from the word of God. So Solomon, what I believe is trying to tell the reader is that wisdom is when we trust God in what he says. It, it is a clarification that he's trying to put forth. It is God that determines what is both good and what is evil. You don't get the right. No one here maintains the right to decide what is just. No one here maintains the right to say what is fair judgment. And no one here maintains the right, or even in this world, to tell us what is upright behavior in a man. Listen, it was in the garden, right? With Adam and Eve, right? When they was there in the garden, they was there as they faced the, the, the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. And as Eve was there before the tree, she ate of the fruit, and then she took the fruit, and she gave it to Adam. But what made Eve eat? The fruit. What made Eve consume this? It was that she looked upon it, and when she looked upon it, the scripture says in Genesis, it was before she ate it, it was to make one wise. Eve ate the fruit based upon what she believed her own knowledge to be. She didn't make the decision based on what God said. She didn't make the decision based on God's knowledge. And when you make decisions in this life based upon your own knowledge, you find yourself in the same place Adam and Eve did, getting kicked out of the garden or facing punishment from the Lord or finding yourself out of fellowship with the Lord because you operated on your knowledge. But wisdom, wisdom from above, in the life of the believer, recognizes Scripture as the final authority. It recognizes God to be the final authority. And by the way, we face this even today. 
It doesn't matter where you turn. You turn on the news. We understand what the Bible says about marriage. But we see even today that society has taken their own laws, their own judgments, what they've considered righteousness and what they consider upright. And they have set out to redefine marriage. We see it even more. The society today sets out to redefine what is murder. The scripture clearly condemns murder. But they say, well, it's not murder because they haven't yet been outside of the womb. So it can't be murder. They have made their own judgments. People say, well, you know what? Hey, you know, surely God doesn't want me to be happy. And I'm just not attracted to so-and-so no more. You know, he just doesn't make me happy. He, he used to spoil me, you know, out with the old, in with the new. The Lord doesn't want me miserable. They have no grounds, yet they have redefined God's law. That is not wisdom. That is not wisdom at all. In the beginning, in the garden, we have learned what it means to not follow after God's wisdom. There is no wisdom apart from God. But look at verse number four. To give subtlety to the simple. To the young man, knowledge and discretion. Understand, we're still talking about wisdom here. This is what wisdom can do. To, it will give wisdom to give subtlety to the simple. Wisdom will give subtlety to the simple and to the young man, knowledge and discretion. Subtlety to the simple means to give shrewdness or craftiness to the simple. John Phillips said that this word simple could also be said to, to equal the word naive. The, then Solomon will go on to say to the young man, he'll give discretion. This wisdom here will do this. It will give the naive person the ability to make the right decision, and it will give the young man discretion. Wisdom has the ability, no matter who you are, to see a situation and make the right decision. Listen, you don't get the right to say, he tricked me. And no matter how naive you are, the word of God has the ability to make, so to say, the simple-minded, the, the naive people, the people who don't fully get the cunning and craftiness of the people of the world. The word of God has the ability to make you wise enough that you don't fall prey to them. Even more, I don't know if you've worked inside of the maintenance field, but I have. Solomon says he wants to give discernment to the inexperienced youth. He said to the young man, knowledge and discretion. Why would he want to do such a thing? Well, for me, for me, I grew up and obviously working in the maintenance field. And when young people would come into the maintenance field, these people were often called greenhorns. Many pranks were played upon them, and they would be the end results of all kinds of shenanigans. Whether they were sent for blinker fluid or left-handed screwdrivers or the one that I had fallen praying for when I was an apprentice was they sent me to get a steam sample. And they laughed hard. But, you know, why is it that these apprentices, these greenhorns are so easy to give in to this. 
Why is it that they're able to fall prey to these acts or they're so gullible? Because they're in a place that they are ready to learn. They're in a place where they're open to receive information, but after a while there was a trouble. See, when they're in this greenhorn phase, they're trying to take in as much information so that they can, so to say, start off on their career. And as soon as they get going, then they can't wait for the next greenhorn to come in so they can do it to them. But the problem is, is that oftentimes these greenhorns, they learn a little bit of information and before long, it's harder to even try to teach them. You almost can't show them nothing anymore because now they think they've arrived. Solomon says, I'm looking for an audience who will receive instruction. This is the audience that he's going after. When Solomon is looking at who he's trying to, to reach, uh, Solomon wants a group of people to read Proverbs who is willing to receive instruction, who's willing to receive understanding. In verse number five, he adds another thought to this. He said, a wise man will hear. You, you understand, as I said before, the greenhorns, they get to the place where they don't need your help no more. They've arrived. You can't teach them nothing. They know everything. But in verse number five, Solomon says, let me add to this a little bit more of understanding. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. Did you see what he says there? Solomon says, there's a problem with some people who think they have arrived because when they think they have arrived, you can't give them no information. But Solomon puts before you in verse number five what a wise person looks like. A wise person never acts like they have arrived. A wise person never acts like they know everything the Word of God has to say. A wise person doesn't walk around and pat themselves on the back. Solomon says, a wise man will hear and will increase learning. <laughs> Meaning, he will increase the more he knows, the more he will look to know. The more he, deeper his studies will go. The, the more we'll try to, to take in and understand the word of God. Doesn't being, uh, being a wise man doesn't mean that you've arrived. It means where you've arrived at a place where you need to learn more. It's learning the book of Proverbs, really, to, to bring this to a close. Understanding the book of Proverbs is going to take the reader and the hearer to open their hearts, to open their minds, to receive instruction, and not approach this book as a situation where they think they have already arrived. No one has arrived. We all need the book of Proverbs. We need the book of Proverbs today, tomorrow. As a matter of fact, as you go on to study the book of Proverbs, Solomon will continually remind us that seeking wisdom is not a goal that we achieve and then we move on. But seeking wisdom from God is a lifelong pursuit. It is something that we 
continuously do day in and day out. So Solomon says the, the point of this book is to help you understand these wise sayings so that you can make wise decisions in your daily life. Wisdom is, according to verse number two, wisdom is being corrected. It's not only being corrected, but it's being instructed, it's being guided, and it's not only being instructed and being guided, but wisdom is when you're instructed and guided and disciplined and you handle it all correctly. In verse number three, it is to say that wisdom receives instructions, meaning that when we receive the instruction of wisdom, this is something that's worth having and even more that this wisdom that we receive helps us to behave correctly. It helps us to judge correctly. We don't judge based upon man's standard. We don't judge each other graded on the curve. Well, hey, I'm better than him and he's a B, so I'm A+. Plus. God doesn't grade on the curve. He, he grades by his own upright standard. So when we look upon each other, we don't look down, but we see other people who are in a pursuit to find themselves in the right relationship with the Lord. Also, wisdom understands and reads situations correctly. And then lastly, wisdom is godly morality. It is godly wisdom, and it is godly justice. Wisdom is discretion, it is discernment, it is right and wrong, and uh, it's the path to take to avoid troubles in our life. Wisdom is listening to the instructions of God. Lord willing, when we come back next week, if, if the Lord allows it, we'll see that, okay, this is what wisdom is. So if this is what wisdom is, then the next question for us is, well, then how do we get it? How do we get this wisdom in our lives? We understand what it is, but how does it, how does it make interest into our life and how we live? Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you'll Help us, Lord, as we begin this intro really into Proverbs. Lord, I pray that uh, it is fruitful, Lord, and that you'll give me the understanding, Lord, and that you'll help us to dive in and apply the things that we learn from your word. These aren't Proverbs just for a time. These are Proverbs for our lives. These aren't just for moments. These are for day-to-day -day living to provide wisdom in how we should live. Lord, I give thanks to you for all that you've done, Lord. I pray that you'll be with us, Lord. I pray that you'll be with those precious kids next door, Lord. I pray that you give them the peace that they need and the guidance that they need, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done in Jesus' name. Amen.